This is the Cine Snob Podcast. Welcome to episode 125 of the Cine Snob Podcast. I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. Cody, uh, you had a, another symphony adventure this uh, this past weekend. I'm just going to dive right into it, Cody. N- enough with the wow. finalities. Sorry. Wow. We're going to get down to business right now. You uh, you had another uh, uh, exciting uh, evening at the symphony, didn't you? I, I did, yeah. So uh, we've talked about a number of times going to the San Antonio Symphony for their movie series, well, why, uh, where they play like the score of a movie uh, alongside of the movie being played on a projector. And then sometimes the symphony does a separate concert where they do uh, the music of John Williams. And this is the second time I've gone. You were there last time. Yeah, I think that was the first time I went to the Tobin. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a nice place. I remember getting lost in those crazy labyrinthian hallways. Well, yeah, because we were we had our own box, which was very uh, surprising when we got the tickets. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had our own. We were like, uh, what's help me out here? What do you we mean? Had, we had the seats of the the Muppet guys. Oh, uh, Statler and Waldorf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, we had their seats. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, and, and it was great. And um, th- you know, this time was no exception. Uh, the symphony does a really great job, and and the Tobin's just an amazing venue. I mean. They have top-notch, state-of-the-art sound, and uh, and um, we had some more great tickets. So thank you to Zach at the San Antonio Symphony for helping us out. And it was great to, you know, these concerts you are always great because, I, I mean, I love John Williams, and he has some of the most iconic scores of all time. And so, you know, you can't help but, uh, you know, get the the old goosebumps when you hear the Star Wars theme or something, you know, and like and that's come that's coming from me, who's not that big of a Star Wars fan, <laughs> but, he, but that theme is just so epic and huge, and it's uh, kind of amazing to hear it uh, being played in front of you. Did they uh, did they have any uh, guests? Like I think with the last time uh, they had a the five hundred first, those uh, guys that dress up as stormtroopers come out on stage. Did they do anything like that this time? Not this time around, and it was, and I must have been weird because I was looking backwards down the aisles to see if there were any uh, <laughs> stormtroopers or something walking by. Um, but uh, no special guests uh, this time around. Um, yeah, and and it was and it was great. So you know they played, um, you know they played this, this both the Star Wars theme and then um, you know the Imperial March, um, which you have to give time to both. And there was Jaws as well as uh, John Williams uh, Olympic theme. Um, ah. which uh, was a nice touch. I had actually, I had heard that song before and did not know that it was John Williams. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, the, 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 that one? No. Wait, uh, which, oh, the NBC one. Well, right? so this this was created, so that's the, the one you just did was the MP- NBC one, but this is the one that was created for the 100th anniversary of the oh. Olympics. You would know it if you heard it. Um, I'm going to have to look that one up. Yeah, it's really great, and uh, and then uh, Harry Potter obviously was really cool, and the ET uh, ET is great. Um, and honestly, I just uh, there's I literally have no uh, no complaints. I, I mean, I, the the one thing was uh, you know the, the song selection was a little there's there's some you know with John Williams you're going to get some omissions right, so mm-hmm. um, you can't fit everything into a concert, and and for the second time around, uh, no Jurassic Park. Um, yeah, I have to imagine it's maybe like a licensing thing. Maybe it's didn't, weren't they? Didn't they do? A, am I imagining this, or was there a Jurassic Park performance? There was. Okay, 
Um, uh, yeah, there there was. I, I missed that one. Um, Maybe they save it for that. I, I don't know. It could be, yeah, because last time they did Indiana Jones and they didn't do that this time around. I mean, I, I'm I'm curious. I, I don't know what the licensing would be since that's a Universal movie just as much as ET is. Um, yeah, Universal I, Studios that is. So yeah, and I don't know, I, and I, I'm sure the licensing is different for like a, a for you know like showing the movie versus playing the music. Like they probably have to license the sheet music and stuff like that. And maybe there was I who knows? This is just mindless speculation. On my end. <laughs> uh, maybe they maybe they just hold something back so you'll go to the Jurassic Park show or the yeah the, yeah the Indiana Jones show. Yeah. What was there any kind of wild card in there? I think when I went there was a. Something I'd never heard. Um, it was like a cut from far and away. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. So the the only uh, the only surprises were that there were quite a few. Um, so the the concert was basically split between half John Williams stuff and then half of um, you know classical composers who influenced John Williams. So you know you had a Tchaikovsky in there somewhere. Um, the only deep cut was a Saving Private Ryan. Uh, oh wow! Song from from John Williams. Uh, that was, I think, maybe the second song of the night. I don't think uh, I've. I don't think I could pick that score out. Um, I I couldn't either. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So that was uh, um, thanks to the San Antonio Symphony for sending it, sending Cody to that. I couldn't uh, make it, of course, but I've gone to quite a few of these in the past. I can't remember the last one I went to, but but the Tobin is a nice place. Do they still do them at the Majestic every now and then? Yeah. So when they do movies, they um, they they typically do them at the Majestic. Oh, and okay. I think that the most of the concerts these days, the symphony concerts, are at the Tobin. Yeah, that's no, a great venue. It's uh, it's very. I saw Weird Al Yankovic there last year. Oh yeah, that's right. It was very nice. It was a very is nice he, venue. So when he's performing with the symphony this year, is I, I it's probably at the Majestic, right? Uh, yes. I don't know, um, what the circumstances are with that. I assume it's the San Antonio Symphony. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's at the Majestic. I believe it's a little bit of a, uh, smaller venue than the Tobin? Or am I making that up? No, the Majestic's bigger. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. He played at the Tobin last time and and then now it's the Majestic. It's alternated each time. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean it, it's great, and I and the, the symphony is is really great, and um, and uh, <laughs> I probably shouldn't tell this, but um, there was uh, at one point, so they didn't play Indiana Jones, right? And we were walking uh, out of the venue, and there was a father and son in matching Indiana Jones uh, costumes, Aww. and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> dressed as Indiana Jones, I assume, not yeah. like. Someone else from Indiana Jones? No, yeah, they okay. were both Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> they were both uh, Mutt Williams from uh, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yes, exactly. That's the Shia, exactly the Shia LaBeouf was. character. Yeah, oh, that was his name, right? Mutt Williams. I gotta I look that I, up. I did not see that movie. I got. You never saw Kingdom of the? Yeah, it's Mutt Williams. You never saw Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? No. It's no, not as bad as everyone says it is. It gets a really bad rap because I think that was when the world had peaked on Shia LaBeouf. And uh, it was the, the combination of that and, like, the the weird backlash to a 30-year-old sequel that that didn't live up to people's expectations. Yeah, that always seemed like a weird decision to make that movie, but... Uh... I'm, I'm waiting for the same reaction to whatever this new Ghostbusters will be. And uh, um, 
I think the only way uh, uh, the Force Awakens avoided it was being so slavish to the to the formula. But we saw the backlash with with uh, the Last Jedi. So yes, we did. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. Uh, anything else to add before we move on? No, just uh, yeah. So next time you see those, I mean, I can't vouch enough for those events where the mute there the movie is playing with the. Uh, um, with the score, I mean, those events are just incredible. I believe the last one I saw was uh, La La Land, and that was amazing. Oh yeah, yeah that that was probably the last one I saw too, and that was maybe the best one thus far. That yeah, was, that was so great. There was a, a piano player that that kind of uh, that last that kind of final scene musical scene uh, threw in a little bit of uh, their own taste to the music, and I think they play a little bit of. Uh, Deep in the heart of Texas, like during the piano solo, mm-hmm. it was really cool. It was really awesome, and it was um, super impressive to to see that guy like keep up with the <laughs> as as best as he could with the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it's pretty impressive. Uh, I, do you have any idea what the next one is, or anything else coming up? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I don't know if there's one coming up. So they they were going through all of the Harry Potters for a while, and I don't know how far they got. Because um, we had, we, we had, I don't know if you were there. I had gone to the first one. Um, oh, yeah. I, I never, uh, I, I only, I haven't been to any of those. I didn't go to the first one. Okay. Yeah. The, um, so I remember going to that one. Home Alone was one. I think you uh, were at that one. No? No. Uh, my fiance went. She went That's right. Place. Yeah. Let's go ahead and move on to reviews. Here are this week's reviews. First up, we have Aladdin. Prince Ali, fabulous, he, Ali, Ababwa. Show some respect, boy, genuflect, down on one knee. Now try your best to stay calm. Brush up your Friday salon. Then come and meet a spectacular coterie. Prince Ali, my ears, he, Ali, Ababwa. Ten regular men, definitely. <laughs> He's based a galloping horse. A hundred bad guys with swords. Who sent those ghouls to their lord? My Prince Ali. Fellas, he's got 75 Woo! golden camels. Now the ladies, what are you doing? When it comes to exotic type mammals. All right, Cody, we kind of preemptively trashed this movie last week Mm. or or last time we did this show. I guess that was last week. Um, I feel a little bad about that sight unseen because it didn't quite um, it wasn't quite exactly what I expected it to be. And uh, I I know you and I have uh, fairly significant differences on this film, so. Uh, why don't you why don't you start with what you thought of Aladdin? Well, I I don't feel that bad for what I said last week because what happened was pretty much on par with what I thought was going to happen, which is just that I I don't feel like the movie has any real reason to exist. Um, I think its primary reason for existence is you get a different take on the genie, and I think that your enjoyment of this movie sort of depends on how much you like Will Smith. Um, because I think that that is the only real reason for 
you know, to go see the movies, if you, in my opinion, to, to, is to get a different take on the genie. So, you know, as, as predicted, you know, uh, it takes a lot of the classic moments from Aladdin or, or the classic songs even, and, um, and puts them, you know, in a slightly different style that maybe suits Will Smith a little bit more. Um, he's basically, I mean, it's, it's essentially a Fresh Prince-ish um, you know, like early two thousands Will Smith performance, um, musically, like you, you, it's like there's even a fucking end credits rap. Yes, there is. So, <laughs> so I mean, this is like old school Will Smith. It is, but um, but it's still it's still got the theatrics. I mean, like, I mean, his his big numbers are not necessarily raps. I mean, there's some, but he's also singing, which it brings me to a a, a difficult. Uh, one of the difficulties I had with the movie, which is just that I feel like him and then the actor who plays Aladdin um, are obviously not great singers. And I, I think the songs are, f- are fairly heavily auto-tuned, um, <laughs> eh. uh, which I really noticed. Now, I, I think I, I will say that I think the the star of the movie is certainly Naomi Scott, who plays Jasmine. Um, and I think she's really good. And I think she's the one who can actually really sing. And I think that... Uh, I don't like her that new song that they have in there. Um, it's a think, little, yeah, it's a little uh, frozeny. It is, it is, and I and I don't and I don't know. It, I don't I don't feel like it earns its moment, especially the, it comes up twice. But um, I, I did like what they did with the second time, though. Like visually, yes, I did like that personally. Yeah, I, I and, and, and she's she's a great singer. I think I think she's she's really good in the movie. Um, and I think that some of the musical numbers work okay. Um, Never had a friend like me. I think is interesting. Um, I, 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 and I and I think that uh, I, I kind of like how they 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 sort of take the um, you know one of the things that was of the hallmark of the genie from the animated version was just how spontaneous Robin Williams was, mm-hmm. um, and just sort of switching voices and characters and all of that. And I think that they handled that element pretty well in terms of um, switching stuff with the genie, like in different costumes or something like that, or, or personas. Now, I do think that, I don't know why he was flexing so much. <laughs> I think that was a, a weird character trait. When they made him, how they made him amazingly super super muscular. Well, yes, but he's also flexing, like half, the, like when he's talking, he's just like randomly flexing. I, oh. I don't know, that was just a weird character dynamic but you were intimidated i know <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so uh i didn't like the muscles um uh but no i i think that uh, it, the uh the, that that is decent you know never had a friend like me is is decent a, a whole new world is is all right um I, I i i think that the movie gets by on its nostalgia and then i i think that it doesn't really add much else and i think that i don't i don't think that guy Ritchie brings anything either other than color i mean it's just a very colorful movie um but yeah it's 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 a lot of it, it's in the, the way i've been describing it to people is for me it's it's bad in an inoffensive way like i wasn't sitting there checking my watch or i wasn't in agonizing pain when i was watching it but you know the movie wrapped up and i'm like I don't see why anyone would ever reach for this when they want to see the story of Aladdin over the animated version. It just I just never think it justifies its, its existence. Well, see, that's where I disagree with you a little bit. I don't necessarily think that the film has to, uh, you know, usurp the animated film uh, to be worthy of existence. Well, I 
I mean, I don't. I'm, I usurp is not again. I, I'm I'm looking for a reason to watch this over the other. Not that it's better, but, but what am I getting that's well, different? Uh, from well, it? one thing I think for for the biggest thing is is the character of Jasmine, who's uh, way more empowered in this movie. Yeah, we didn't. You and I didn't really care for the like the power ballads she had that were frozeny, but it did speak to the character being uh, a little more fed up with being sidelined. Uh, as a you know, as a woman in this fictional uh, you know Middle Eastern kingdom, it, it did it did make the give the character a little more to do as opposed to being a, a you know prize to be won so to speak, which you know the movie even references. And I think that's important enough to you know to for Disney to to come out and sort of you know write these wrongs that they that that have. That they they either committed unintentionally all these years ago, or that you know were just the result of, of uh, you know uh, perceptions of of representation and and other things changing as the years go by. And I think you know it is important to have a, a strong female character in these movies because you look at something like you know Frozen, which which is probably the the strongest Disney female representation, even though it's a cartoon, uh, in the last few years. And I think. Doing so is not necessarily a bad thing. I just don't think that it, um, you know, I, I think it justifies its existence. Its existence uh, in that respect enough. I just feel like it's a weird mishmash of stuff because I, I almost get the sense that that Guy Ritchie is not so crazy about making this a musical. Um, and the songs kind of feel tacked on as opposed to you know, integrated into the story. Like a friend like me, I thought was really good. Uh, I love the visuals on that, but I think everything else felt a little, uh, like going by the numbers, especially the, um, the, you know, one jump ahead song where Aladdin's running from the guards. Uh, I just felt like the movie never really took that stuff to be part of its, its storytelling is just was something they had to do. Um, I don't know. I, was there there was only one new song, right? To my knowledge, yes. Yeah, I think the Jasmine song was the only new song. I I mean, uh, a whole new world was fine. I, I liked the way it looked. I felt like that felt I felt like that was was integrated into the story well enough. Uh some of the others weren't. Um I, I and I I'm, overall I was I I really liked Will Smith and was really disappointed in um oh, the actor who played Jafar. I just thought that was not um, well, I it think was kind of a waste. That I think that whole storyline doesn't really work um, very much, and especially in the last act, because I feel like there's a lot of buildup, and then everything is just sort of plopped down um, in that final act um, with well, everything with Jafar. Well, I think the problem is, um, you know, the movie they sanded off some of the more fantastic. Uh, Marwin Kanzari is his name. Um, he's, I believe, he's. Uh, uh, Oh, I don't know where he, what else he's been in. I forgot. Anyway, uh, he's, uh, you know, he's, he was on, uh, I mean, in the, in the original film, Jafar is sort of a, like a half-assed wizard. And, uh, you know, he has the Iago, the talking parrot that was voiced by Gilbert Gottfried. But this movie kind of sands down those edges. Like he's still like a, like has some sort of magic abilities, but the parrot doesn't, really talk in like, he's not sentient. Like he just says words. 
I don't really know what they were going for with that is what I'm trying to say is the, you know, the original film plays him as a, uh, you know, a, a an evil wizard. And the, this film sort of half does that and then makes him a wizard and the, by, 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 by a wish. Am I am I misremembering the original animated film? It did the same thing, right? Honestly, it's been so long since I've seen it. I I wouldn't be able to. I I don't remember. I just there, there's some plot elements that just don't quite make sense. Like the, you know the the cave of wonders doesn't really feel like it fits in this movie, and the the um, you know Jafar being a, a a wizard, and then like the the flying carpet having a personality. I just think there's some stuff that, that doesn't translate from the animation to this. I think genie, the genie survived well enough. I think the other stuff didn't quite, um, you know, so, so it, it feels more like just a, a copy and paste than it does an adaptation. And to be fair, it, it is, it is different. You know, it's not like beauty and the beast where that was basically just the exact same film, but with photorealistic special effects. Um, I don't know. I, I did end up enjoying it, but you know, I I don't. I would never choose this one over the original film, personally. But I can see maybe where someone might. So, what do you believe is the reason why someone would? I mean, because so because I mean, other than the female empowerment part, which I would argue that it doesn't necessarily earn. Well, um, um, for another thing, <laughs> for 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 a, a huge thing that I should have mentioned, um, actually being cast with people of Middle Eastern descent, uh, you know, for representational purposes, I, I can see, you know, this is something that's important to people to see people of color on the screen. And there's literally one white guy in the movie and he's played as a buffoon, uh, you know, played for comedy and the rest are played by actors and actresses of Middle Eastern descent or Will Smith. So I could see that being an important reason for people to to choose something. Um, you know, obviously I'm not Middle Eastern, so I I don't, you know, I'm I'm not looking for representation of 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 that culture for myself. But I can I can definitely see why people would. You know, because it's such a it's so ingrained in that culture. You know, I mean, it, <laughs> you look at the the original animated film and it's all white people. And like the Sultan speaks with a British accent. I mean, it's just, it, you know, this is something that's different and, uh, you know, uh, a cultural change that I can see why people would pick this over the animated film. I guess, but Aladdin doesn't have an accent in the movie. I know. And neither does Jasmine. Um, but I mean, they're at least middle Eastern people, you know, I mean, that's their background. I mean, if that's, if that's a reason you're picking, one over the other when I don't believe that they are equally as good products. I, I don't know. I, I just, I mean, I just don't think that they are comparable in terms of quality. Um, and, 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 and look, also some people just aren't going to watch an animated movie. Well, yeah, I mean, sure. But I mean, I, I, the thing, I think my thing is that I feel like some of the Will Smith stuff works really well. And I feel like some of it doesn't at all. Uh, and, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I, I, I mean, and, and I think that, that that is maybe the biggest issue all around is that so much of this is on the is on the shoulders of Will Smith because it's the biggest difference. And, and honestly, it's the biggest shoes to fill because, you know, Robin Williams was so iconic uh, in that in that role. And I just feel like you you really feel it when it's not working. And when it is working, you're just like, oh, OK, that's kind of like and I don't know if that's that's fair necessarily because of expectation, but I do think that that's what, I mean, that's how I felt at least when I was this watching is, it. This is the first, um, 
Disney remake I've seen that feels a little tentative about itself. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel like it it wholly just goes for it. Like the Jungle Book and I again I haven't seen um Cinderella. I don't know why. Uh but Jungle Book, uh Beauty and the Beast, the Dumbo from earlier this year, they set out they they had a confidence behind it. I just don't know if Guy Ritchie is that great of a director. I mean, we're a long way from fucking Snatch on this one. Oh yeah. Uh, who would have thought? Uh but I, I just feel like it, it starts out a little a little bit like it's holding its cards to you know, it's it's afraid to take any chances uh right off the bat. And I think it once it once it kinda does and once it kinda flexes its muscles and once you get like a real sense of what uh the genie is gonna be, because there's like half an hour before genie shows up. Right. And it's kind of a slog getting through that part. I agree. Um and once it gets to the genie part, I, I felt like, okay, we're going to be all right. And, you know, I, I again, I liked it way more than I thought. I, I actually, I liked the movie. I Again, I wouldn't choose the the animated version, or this over the animated version, but I, I don't see a problem with anyone doing so, um, especially because it's, one, you know, damn near 30 years ago that the animated film came out, and two, you know, there's it's it's made for a different audience, an audience with different tastes now. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's important now to people and I totally understand and sympathize and and empathize and wholly support it that, you know, having cultural, cultural representation is important. And, you know, if you were going to say, here's this film about a, a, you know, a a Middle Eastern Arabian folktale and it's all white people, then I can see why people would get a little upset about that. Mm -hmm. But you know, to each their own. Yeah. Say, okay, so what's your grade for Aladdin? Well, like I said, I don't think it's terrible. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't particularly enjoy it, but I don't, I really don't think it's all that bad. So I, I would give it a C plus. I wouldn't recommend it, but I, I, I I don't think that it's the disaster that it could have been. I'm going to go with B minus. I, I liked it enough. I, I still feel it. It's a little bit shaky, um, but you know, Compared to what I thought this was going to be. Oh, by the way, uh, I want to ask the the Prince Ali thing that you you yeah. and I saw. Uh, that that thirty seconds or whatever we saw on Twitter, you absolutely hated. Did it? Did the rest of the sequence change your mind? No, it's the worst part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it ended up good, but anyway. Oh, no, uh, no, no. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to our next movie, Booksmart. We have to go to a party tonight. What? Let's go to Nick's party. Are you kidding? No, no way. Maybe we only have one night left to have studied and partied in high school. Otherwise, we're just going to be the girls that missed out. We haven't done anything. We haven't broken any rules. Okay, we've broken a lot of rules. One, we have fake IDs. Fake college IDs so we can get into their 24-hour library. Name one person whose life was so much better because they broke a couple of rules. Picasso. Yes, he broke art rules. Name a person who broke a real rule. Rosa Parks. Name another Susan one. Susan B. Anthony. God damn it. Now this is the debut film uh, from dire- from uh, director Olivia Wilde, who of course is an actress who's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, you saw this at its uh, premiere at South by Southwest. I saw it this past weekend when it finally hit theaters. Cody, what did you think of Booksmart? Well, you know there was a lot of buzz about it at um, at South by, and um, and and it was 
you know, because obviously it's a directorial debut of of a pretty famous uh, actress, but but also you know it's uh, uh, there had just been some positive word about it, and uh, and so I saw the uh, the second screening of it, I believe, and um, I thought it was all right, you know, like I I, I I it's there's a lot of people going head over heels over this movie. Um, and uh, and there's a lot of the biggest comparison I see is super bad, and I feel yeah. like that's appropriate. Um, I, I think that's a that's a good comparison. Um, I don't think it is as good as super bad, um, and I and I feel like maybe the script is the reason why that happens. Um, I, I think that first and foremost the 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 two um, leads in the movie are uh, Caitlin Dever and uh, Beanie Feldstein, Feldstein. And I feel like who is that... Jonah, Jonah Hill's sister, right? Yes. Jonah Hill's sister. Maybe yeah. It's weird. The... Jonah Hill's sister is in it as is uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter and Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son. Oh, um, I didn't realize so... that was Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, fun factoid, but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think that the relationship between, the two actresses works and I think that their chemistry is really good. And I, and I like watching them together. What I don't like is the direction of the story. Um, and in a lot of the script, I think that the inciting event of the script of, um, of, you know, the idea that, you know, these girls spent so much time caring about school that they didn't party and seeing that, the partying type of students all got into great colleges. I just, I, I'd never bought into that completely. Um, I, I, that didn't ring true to me that one, you know, these people would care that much about that, but two, you know, it's, it's, it, it it was, I I think the way that it plays out is, is very dramatic within the movie and, and a little bit, um, a little bit extended too far. And then as the movie plays out, it becomes, you know, your typical, um, high school partying, trying to be part of a party. So you know, it's the idea that these girls are are you know straight laced, but they're going to um, party or whatever. And, and so it's just, <laughs> it's just such a basic storyline that never really, uh, I don't think, goes beyond that. Um, and I think that the the strength of the movie is on you know those two. Um, there's a couple other side characters who are fine. I, I had a I had a bit of an issue with the character played by Billy Lord. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed that. Actually. I just thought I thought it was just there's there's some stuff in here that's just a little too over the top. I think she's sort of like a caricature in a way that I didn't find enjoyable. As is a certain uh, sequence, a drug induced sequence, which I thought was also kind of. Oh yeah, there, it's it's pretty showy, and I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of it um, personally. I just didn't think it was as funny as the movie thought it was. Well, and that's how I feel about a lot of the movie. I don't think it's as funny as it thinks it is. And, I, I th- yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I, I I'm just gonna say I, I did I did laugh out loud quite a few times. Uh, you know, there are some jokes that that really land. I think uh, I I've always loved Caitlin Deaver, and I think that she doesn't get enough good roles. Uh, she was great in, in justified. If you saw that, um, also, uh, short term 12, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, she's been in some turds like that, um, men, women, and children. (laughs) Wasn't she in that Tim Allen show? She's, is on Tim Allen show, uh, last man standing. I mean, it's a gig, I guess, but she's, she's really good. And, and, and again, um, I'm going to echo what I said with, uh, Aladdin is you get some actual real representation in, in this film with her playing a, a 
you know, a, a, a gay character mm-hmm. and it doesn't really kind of pander to it as much as you might think it does as much as it would have, you know, 20 years ago or 15 years ago, whenever. Um, yeah, whenever... I'll, I'll agree with that. I think that it handles that as I think the I, it's I, the, the thing I appreciate about it is that it's not really treated as this big, huge reveal or or even that's something that she's struggling with in, in the traditional sense. It's just more of a, that's an element of this character, and let's watch how that this story plays out within her. Right, life. and I, I do think that uh, um, the only real stereotypical element of that that um, plot line was her crush. Yeah. I thought was like right out of kooky, uh, um, kooky lesbian crush central casting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, uh, whatever. It, I, I liked the storyline. I liked how it worked out. And I thought Beanie Feldstein was funny. Uh, it, it's probably, um, yeah, a little over the top sometimes. Like, it turns a little, uh, uh, what's, it? I mean, I guess it gets a little super badish at times. Um, but it, it does have a, a certain amount of, of, uh, of like relatable characters, I think, even though outlandish things are happening, is that no one's really exactly what they come across as a sto- as a stereotype. Like the, I mean, the Billy Lord character, I enjoyed, uh, but it is very bizarre. Right. Um, the uh, um, the character of of Triple I can't remember what her the actress's name was. Molly. Um, yeah. Molly something is is a great character. Uh, there, there's just a lot of stuff in this that 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 I think is, um, you know, it's, it, 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 it shows the, uh, kind of the, uh, evolution of, of how this genre has, has, uh, changed since, you know, American pie when, yeah you know, girls were there to be one and all this other shit. But I, but I also, I, I just feel like everything is played too big, uh, in the movie. And I, and I, and I think that's a bit of an issue, um, yeah. I I, th- I think that there's a lot of ca- the, the characterization is just a little larger than life, uh, in in a way that I feel like half of the movie is trying to be re- really relatable, and then the other half is sort of larger than life, and I and I don't know that it strikes that balance. I also think it drags in the middle, um, quite a bit. I, I do think it's long. Um, I mean it's it's an hour and forty five minutes. I think if fifteen minutes could have been shaved off. Oh, at least yeah. Uh. I don't remember uh, any particular parts dragging, but I think there is some elements in there that that um, go on a little too long. And I think it kind of the big turn, um, you know, that sets off the third act. I didn't really buy it. Same. Um, you know, with two characters ending up um, in a relationship or, or getting together or whatever. I was like, why is this happening? I, I don't. Because the movie's it, it doesn't go, set it up at all. It just hap- It's just a thing that happens. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, that's a, and again, I think that's a big problem I have with a lot of the movie. There's a lot of weird things that happen in there that connect like A to D and ignore B and C. Um, <laughs> you know, like there's little stuff like I mean, the character of and this is a nitpick. I I fully understand that, but uh, you know, the, the there's a character played by Jessica Williams. Yeah. Um, and uh and if anyone knows Jessica Williams, she's like six foot tall, right? She's a she's a tall person. And mm-hmm. they're on their way to the party and Oh, I, like, I think I know what you're talking about. And she's like, Hey, I'm a single woman, just grab some clothes and find them. And then suddenly a six foot woman 
is now giving clothes that fit perfectly to Kate, to Caitlin and Beanie, who are not only different body types from each other, but from Jessica Williams. And it's like, what kind of, like, I'm, I'm just sitting there like, how does that work? How are well, clothes fitting universally? Yeah. And that's what I was, I thought about too. Later on in the movie, I was like, wait a minute, this like slender six foot tall woman gave Beanie Feldstein a dress that fit her. Like, it's not a slam. I mean, obviously I don't give a shit. Um, but it, it is like, well, wait a minute, how did that fit her? Well, and same with with Caitlin Deaver, who's like, who's a tiny, like she, like it's just, it's it's like Jessica Williams is probably like a foot taller than her. Like, yeah, it's true. Just, yeah, it's just so it's it's a very and it's and I think that it's I don't know if it's like if I'm trying to say it's an attention to detail thing or it's just sort of like connecting and not worrying about how it's getting there. Well, I think that's more more of it. It's just a thing that gets thrown out. It happens a lot in these films uh, where, like, the plot, like, the the mechanics of it just get kind of thrown, like, ah, fuck it. Let's just do it. You know, it's like, how did they get all this beer? How were they able to have this giant house and all this other crap? Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, I, don't, I really don't like that Jessica Williams subplot. I, don't, I didn't find it I don't get, I didn't funny. quite get it. Yeah. Was she, because uh, I, I thought the, the film was playing her as a, uh, as a gay character at the beginning because she got the number like she got Caitlin Deaver got her phone number and they were mm-hmm. making fun of her but then she ends up not being I, I don't know it was a weird I didn't quite understand it I wish I wish that some of the other side characters were a little bit more fleshed out too instead of just like you know archetypes that you go through like you have like the like the there's the one of the gay kids the the guy I don't remember his name in the movie. oh the the ones that were like super into theater and, yeah yeah I mean which they I, which I think there's some funny moments out of those characters but they're not fleshed out they're just they're just you know again archetypes they're not well and the 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 character who I now know is played by Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son yeah um, is is kind of is is laid out as the dumb jock. Oh, um, he, he gets two totally different roles to play in this. Yeah, movie. it's yeah. weird because, like, in the beginning of the film, he's kind of a dipshit, like a like an affable dipshit. He kind of reminded me of uh, in the beginning of the film, um, whatever Chris Klein's character was in um, uh, Election. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, just this kind of uh, like like nice, good looking, affable idiot. Uh, but then at the end of the film, he gets like. Or the I guess right before the third act, he gets kind of a, you know, a, a bit of a redemption from the screenplay, and it, it, um, it doesn't quite fit with what we saw before. I mean, it's no. it's fine, but uh, it, it would be fine if he was that character all along. But yeah, I, I don't know. And, yeah, and you, I think you get some good little parts from people. Like I, I like uh, I like Will Forte and Lisa Kudrow as the parents. Uh, oh, uh, Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, and then uh, um, the guy has the uh, the part I, I laughed out loud most at was the um, I can't remember the actor's name, but he was the pizza delivery driver. Oh, that was my favorite part too. That's yeah, that's, that's Mike O'Brien. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. was a writer on SNL and he did AP Bio is his yes. show. Yes, that's a very that's a very funny part. I that I I remember seeing it at South by and that that was what stuck with me as being very funny. That was um, a very it was a very funny scene of it. Like it, it turned it on its head very well and. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed that one the best. Though I don't love the payoff of it, actually. Uh, I oh. kind of wish they didn't do that. Yeah, that was a that was kind of a neat. That was one of those another one of those things. It was like the dress fitting, like it's an easy way out. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, and so I, I just, I just wish that I, I think that the movie is, is, is a little bit. It's being overrated right now um, because I think what it is is it's a fine comedy. Um, I, it's not unfunny. There's some good laughs in there, but um, something about the whole thing rings a little bit false. And I don't know if it's the inciting actions or what happens between the characters, but I think that there's like every step of the way, there's just something that's a little bit too far removed from what I would consider to be uh, in line with the story or the character. Now, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but this, uh, this got creamed at the box office. Yeah. Um, I'm curious if there's even a place for these sort of comedies anymore in movie theaters. Cause there's some, so much of this stuff has gone to Netflix and this is going Netflix international, right? Uh, Yes, it is. It's one or two countries, I think. So I'm just curious if this is, if we're going to ever see any more movies like movies like this that aren't, um, you know, because even uh, even something. What was uh, the last one with with Seth Rogen? Um, well, look, long I, shot. I just I don't know. It's it's so hard to tell. It's because it's not universal. I mean, um, you know, there are movies like Blockers or Game Night, like from last year, that made over sixty million dollars. I mean, that's a true. And those are both rated R, uh, rated R comedies. I, I think that there's a place for them, and just for whatever reason, some um, connect and some don't. I, I do know that there's some discontent online with Annapurna, who is the um, the company releasing the film, that they that a lot of people feel that it, they did not market it well enough. Um, and I think that might be it. Might be a marketing issue to to know why some of these movies do well and some don't but i don't think it's a universe i do think that there's a place for it or else you know game night wouldn't make almost 70 million dollars yeah i i suppose so it just feels like there's less and less comedy at the box office that's not um i mean hell adam sandler's gone from the box office almost entirely from the from movie theaters i mean that's you know part of a netflix deal it, well, it's weird, and I don't know if maybe we've just cycled out of it, but I remember very vividly, um, you know, the R-rated comedy had a huge comeback when, the, in the same summer, uh, Wedding Crashers and 40-Year-Old Virgin came out within months of each other and both killed at the box office. And it started this, you know, a, a wave of rated R comedies that made a lot of money. And um, I, I don't know, I wish I, I wish I knew what it was about, you know, these movies that some of them do really well and some of them don't do so well. But well, I mean, I mean, it does come in, in cycles because I, I think we have cycled out of it. Cause like you mentioned, even before that, um, there was the R rated comedy cycle that had, there's something about Mary and American, American pie. pie and, um, any number of other road imitators trip. road trip. Um, so, so yeah, maybe, it, maybe it will come back or maybe, I, I don't know. I mean, cause it's, there's a lot of talk right now how the romantic comedy has gone strictly to Netflix. Yes. Um, which yes. I don't know that I've actually watched any of those, but uh, apparently they do very well. Yeah. I mean, Set It Up is pretty good. That was the one that sort of got a lot of attention. And I mean, not to turn it into a Netflix versus theatrical thing, because that's a whole other can of worms, but... <laughs> um, you know, I think they're on the right track in terms of quality because I, I would much rather see this type of teen comedy, this super bad style, more than I would rather see something like Road Trip. You know, um, but I I really liked Road Trip back in the day. I mean, I don't know how it holds up. 
I well, at I, all. I, I did too back in the day, but I, I have a sense that it does not hold up as, as well. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, and so or or and yeah, I, and I think that, um. Yeah, and, and and people are going to compare it to super. Like I've seen a lot of people say it's like super bad but better, and I just don't agree with that. I think that it's like super bad but not as good. Um, and and really, it's not it's not exactly a one to one copy of super bad in that sense. Um, and I, and I like I said, I I, lo- I really liked watching the relationship uh, between the two girls. I just wish that. You know, I, I, I just think that the script maybe fails it a little bit. There's four writers on it, which is never really a good yeah. comedy, <laughs> a mix for comedy. So, uh, okay, what's your grade? So I give it a B minus. I would recommend it. I wouldn't give it a strong recommendation. I don't know that, um, again, I seem to be in the minority because people are really loving this movie, but I think it's just okay. I think it's a fine comedy. I, I'm going to go with a B. I'm I'm a little, little less down on it than you are, but I... I I do see some room for improvement, and I I think it's a, a great start for for Olivia Wilde. I don't know that there's any real super um, uh, definitive directorial choices there. I did I did like the music personally. Yeah. The I, needle I, drops were great. Yeah, but I think it's a I think it's a well made movie. I mean, I it oh, looks yeah, for sure. it looks great. I mean, it's visually really good. Um, I it, but I like you said, I don't know that. There's distinct choices, but it but there's no wrong choices. I don't think direct. No, I don't. I don't. Of direction. I, yeah. No. I um. Uh, I totally agree. Um. Yeah. All right. So that's gonna do it for this week. Coming up next week, are you getting a Godzilla screening, Cody? Nope. Oh. But we're are you gonna see Godzilla so we can talk about Godzilla? Yeah, I, I plan on seeing both that and Rocket Man. I just have to see oh, it on yeah. my own time. Rocket just... Man too. I, I don't believe I have a screening for Rocket Man. Um Yeah, we're which getting is a, weird. we're getting screwed over. Getting the old heave ho from uh I don't know who the who's releasing. Warner Brothers is Godzilla. It's Warner Brothers and Paramount. Oh, okay. I'll call them out. I don't care. Yeah, Paramount hey, Pictures. Yes. Come on. What's with this Paramount Network bullshit? We all know that was Spike TV. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you're not yeah. fooling anyone, Paramount. I I haven't heard uh, I've heard okay things about Rocket Man. I haven't heard anything about Godzilla. I'm kind of dreading it, honestly. You know uh, what? I th- so uh, th- so have you seen the trailer for for Godzilla? For Godzilla, yes. There's one. You know that shot towards the end where it's like a far away, and then a zoom in on two monsters about to attack each other. I yes. hate that shot <laughs> so much. I Which, can't. I, oh my god, I hate it. Yeah, I, I just I I don't know what um Millie Bobby Brown is gonna do in the movie. I don't know what uh what uh Kyle Chandler's doing in the movie. I don't know uh what Bradley Whitford is playing the uh Jake Johnson character from Jurassic World, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I just I have a I just have no idea what's gonna happen. I mean, it has a great cast. I'll give it that. Oh yeah, no, I, I, all those actors are great. But and that's there's even people in there that you didn't mention, like uh, Vera Farmiga's in it. Oh yeah, uh, Charles S- Dance from uh, from uh, Game of Thrones. Sally oh. Hawkins, uh, uh, Thomas Middleditch is in it. Oh yeah, I forgot. Thomas Middleditch is like a nervous senator or something, right? <laughs> something I, like that. I don't know what. It I, is. I just I just know that 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 shot in the trailer. Is it, it's like a boxing promo. It's just terrible, and I, I I really hope that the movie is better than that one shot. I, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've I've seen a lot of old Godzilla movies, and there's always some sort of like friendly kid character that that the monster, you know, takes a liking to, 
And I, I just hope that's not what Millie Bobby Brown is doing in this movie. Well, I also don't want it to be a nerdgasm of, ooh, like like what you know Pacific Rim is supposed to be, where you're just going to be like, oh, look at the big monsters fighting each other. Like, I just... Yeah. And I, I get that sense because of, you know, there's Mothra and... There's, like, else. literally all of them, like Rodan and, and Rodan Ghidorah. And, uh, someone told me Gamera was in this, and I don't know if I buy that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And so I, I don't know. I... I, it, a secret about me that that not a lot of people know is I I'm kind of fascinated by monster movies and I want all of them to be great, um, and none of them really are, and it's disappointing. You know, I just sitting through bad Godzilla after bad Godzilla. I I actually liked the most recent Godzilla. Oh really? Um, I hated Kong Skull Island though. Oh yeah, I didn't I did not like Scott. Uh, Kong Skull Island. I, I might that, need to rewatch that one though. And I didn't even like the really so Shin Godzilla was super well regarded. I didn't think that was good. Oh, that had that weird uh like Japanese bureaucracy satire that yes. that I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I want all of these movies to be great. I and they just they just never are. So I, I'm, you know, like again, Cloverfield is maybe the best example of a monster movie of the last yes, ten yes, years. I goddamn know and we all know we already know, we all know that. But I'm not yeah. telling anyone any news. Also, <laughs> by the way, um, just to give a couple of quick notes because I I did watch uh, something uh, a couple other things this week. Um, whatever you do or anyone else out there does, please don't see Brightburn. Uh, <laughs> it was. Uh, it was a colossal waste of time. Um, it's, it's supposed to be like a, like a dark take on Superman, right? And that's the thing, dude. It's a premise. It's a premise of what happens if, if Superman was evil. And that's what that's what it is. Is it, it's it's a twenty minute idea that's stretched into ninety minutes, and so it it's it's supposed like there's like gory kill scenes, but it's a kid who crashed down on Earth as an alien who doesn't know he's an alien or whatever, and then as he finds out, he goes through his evil puberty, and you know <laughs> like, and, and he starts murdering people, and he's evil, and I just it's just such a it's like the idea is not terrible. But all it is is it's an idea. It doesn't go anywhere. It it the scenes are repetitive. Um, it's just a really bad execution uh, of of just an idea. It's 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 just stretched out into ninety minutes, and it's not good at all. Um, but it beat uh, Booksmart in the box office. So, hooray! Um, Yay! Um, so uh. go for that. And and so and then I watched and maybe we'll talk about this at some other point. But the perfection that uh, the Netflix movie that premiered at Fantastic Fest. Um, oh yes, that's uh, with Allison Williams. And uh, I've I, heard it's batshit. It is batshit, uh, and it's the type of movie that I typically don't like, but I actually kind of like this one. I think that it 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 does it it, it, it look. It's a movie that one hundred percent hinges on like catching you off guard and and i think that the way that it does it is 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 interesting enough i would go into it as cold as possible um but yeah it's it's uh i, I was talking to kiko uh former host of this show uh, <laughs> and uh, he really didn't like it <laughs> but uh i can imagine he didn't but I like did, it yeah but but i mean again it's 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 a it's one of those netflix movies that is getting great reviews um I think it's in the high 80s certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, or, or let me I'm, have it open right now. 85% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. So huh. um, 
I think that one is 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 worth a watch if we're talking about like background movies that aren't you know bigger releases. So yeah. so just please out there, listeners, please don't see Brightburn. I mean, you can if you want to, but don't come yelling at me when I when you hate it. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you want to uh, yell at Cody because you already saw Brightburn. You can contact us uh, by email at podcast at cinesnob.net. Find us on Twitter at Cinesnob. Find us on Facebook, Cinesnob Critic. Also, listen to our other podcast, Re-MCU, where Cody and I are re-watching all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films. We just released our Incredible Hulk episode, um, probably the most inessential of uh, Marvel films. Um, yeah. But you... Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that movie. I was I was talking to someone about it today again, and it just becomes more baffling the more that I think <laughs> about it. Just, just and just and just how it's it is. Like I kind of wonder what was going through their minds when they were making it, because obviously they wanted it to be part of a canon, or they wouldn't connect it in the post credit scene to um, to to the others. And I just wonder at what point they were like, "Man, we got to just pretend like this never happened." <laughs> it's uh, it's it's quite fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, you can find that that on iTunes, Stitcher, um, uh, what else? Spotify. Spotify. Uh, please, please, please leave us a review on iTunes. Are, are we still running our contest, or have you picked yeah. a winner already? Nope, we, there's still a contest. So um, we're giving away Blu-ray copies of the Lego Movie, the second part, The Meg in Glass, um, as a prize pack. All you have to do is leave us a five star review with positive text. Um, just say something nice about what you heard and uh, leave us a comment on that post. We'll pin it to the top and uh, you'll be automatically entered to win. So right now we've got um, uh, like well, a little less than 20 reviews uh, in and yeah. it's, they're all very nice things for those who have listened. So we appreciate that. And uh, yeah, we, we plan to go through the whole MCU and then uh, and then uh, we haven't discussed what we'll do after, but I think we both have some ideas. So Yeah, we'll just quit. <laughs> we're done uh yeah so and you can find us uh at re mcu podcast on fa- on twitter and uh instagram that's at r-e-m-c-u podcast so uh anything else before we go i don't think so i guess we'll see if i'm able to you know waddle my ass to the uh to the theater and spend my hard-earned american dollars to see those two movies All right, on that note, I'm Jerry Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. Thank you for listening to the Cine Snob Podcast. To read reviews, interviews, and more, visit cinesnob.net. See you next week.